are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Monday, everyone. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. And if you kept it locked on Wildcats over the entire weekend, which basically meant 48 hours of listening to just locked on Wildcats, I appreciate your commitment. I also wonder about your priorities, but at the same time, I appreciate you. With John well, Schuster, I'm just I, let, let, Let's be honest. On Friday's segment, that first segment we did on Friday, fantastic. that was such a listening disaster mm-hmm. that it deserved to be heard mm-hmm. again and again and again, broken right. down as to where the entire train wreck began. Right. Uh, so, so I can understand that they would have spent the entire weekend trying to dissect that. Okay. So, question. You had a question for me, mm-hmm. and you know what? I'm going to give you an answer. Should I uh, right, but go ahead. ask the question? Right. right. <laughs> if you were an Arizona fan, would you go to Wildcat football games live? Would you attend Wildcat football games this year at the beginning of a new era, knowing going in that they're probably not very good? No, I wouldn't. I'm going to be very honest with you. I'm going to be, I would suggest to you that I would not do that because just as a fan, now, now, if you're a diehard fan like myself, like Nate Rady, I'm going to even say John Schuster, even though I'll, I'll say the old school John Schuster. How about that? You're going to show up because, or you're going to watch the game, certainly because it's Arizona football. Duh. But we're losers. We don't have anything to do on a Saturday night. So, you know, but no, I wouldn't because I've, I've been fed a load of bunk for a long, long time right now. And I always use the analogy, and I like the analogy, where, you know what, if I go to a restaurant and keep giving me bad food, I'm not going to keep going back. You know, I support you, but I'm sorry. If people were still showing up at the end, or people didn't want to go to watch the end of the Kevin Sublin reign, I don't blame you. That doesn't mean you're a bad fan. That means you're looking at a terrible product and saying, I got better things that I can do with a Saturday night. No, I wouldn't. Now, if Jed Fish wins a couple games... If Jed Fish shows that, you know what, I can bring in some real talent, you got my ear, but right now, no. Okay, the real real talent, what does that mean? You're going to go in in Season 2, Season 3? Yeah, if, if, I, if, I, if I look at things and I say, you know what, within a year or two, this team could be pretty dynamic, or this team could be good. Yeah, I get that. This is always the interesting chicken and egg argument when it comes to sports and live sports attendance. Because coaches will tell you, and Fish obviously has done this, that it's important to get there because then you can provide an environment that looks good for the fans, you know, for the players who they're trying to recruit. You don't want to play in front of a half or, you know, 60% empty stadium Mm -hmm. because that doesn't attract a fan or or a player, rather. That player is going to go maybe somewhere else, Mm -hmm. uh, all things being equal. So you want fans to get there. Right. But... The fan skepticism is understandable, as you noted, mm-hmm. because the product hasn't right. been very good. So at what, at what point do you say, okay, I'm, you know, I'm just on board because it's fun. I've got nothing better to do. You know, tickets aren't horribly expensive, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll show up, have a good time. You know, and, and again, if there were 50,000 hardcore Wildcat football fans here, this wouldn't be a problem. Mm-hmm. Frankly, if there were 30,000 hardcore Wildcat football fans, because then the other 20 could be you know, U of A students who leave at the half, who you're doing everything you can to keep them for the whole right. game too, which is its own other animal that you have to deal with. But that's, there, there's always going to be a group of folks who will go to every game and have been to every game for the last 
three or four decades. Mm -hmm. You know, you know that fan base. Brady is, is showing up. You know, hell or high water. Hell or high water. And uh, you, you know his uh, other season ticket holder folks or the fo folks who buy day ofs are going to do the same. But you know, it is this interesting, especially in this market, where again, and we've talked about this theme for a few podcasts now, where fans in Tucson expect Arizona football to have something bad happen. When that something bad happens, they then immediately don't show up for the next home football game. Mm -hmm. It's like the entire thing unraveled on them, and why should I give my hard-earned money for somebody that's gonna, just going to lose again, build up my hopes, and not go to the Rose Bowl again? Right. At what point is this, you know, some form of entertainment, and and at one point is this some form of right. self-flogging? Right. You know, I don't know. So. You sound to me like you're a season two or season three guy, which if that's the case, then means that Fish has to convince his players or players who are coming into the program, you got to win here first. Trust me when you do, fans are going to show up. That's a, that's a tough sell. But it's the sell he's facing. That That's a tough sell. But you know what? I also think that at the end of the day, At the end of the day, I think that he also would probably. I think I. One thing that I've noticed about Jed Fish is I think that Jed Fish is. You get a, a lot of people think that Jed Fish is kind of a used car salesman. And I can't tell you that he's not a used car salesman. But I can all. Because I don't know. But I can also tell you that I think he's legitimately enthusiastic. I think that he goes into every single practice, or every single practice, every single day saying, How can I make Arizona football better? And by default, or no. How can I further myself? And by default, that means making Arizona football better, which I'm totally fine with. I mean, you know, let's, let's be honest here. But I think about it a lot of the time, though, and I think that he, I, I think that he's got to be, he's got to be realistic here. At the same time, if you go out and you get boat raced or you get just beat up by uh, BYU and you lose to San Diego State, he's not stupid. He knows nobody's showing up. You're going to drop twenty two k. You're going to draw twenty two k. You're going to draw twenty two k, and you know what? You're going to have to recruit. And you know what? You're in a city where they say, "When you win, we'll show." And I'm actually at this stage in the game where you've had the least wins in the Pac-12 over the last, I think, twenty years. I'm fine with that. This is not a football town to begin with. You have to put something out on the field for people to show up. And you know what? Arizona hasn't done that, period. And it's been a weird combination of putting out crap on the field, but at the same time also not being accessible. Right. And that is an in, that's, a, that's a problem that Fish has done an excellent job trying to fix in an era when every— Football coach wants to close and shut down things as much as they possible, as much as they think is possible, based on utilizing their paranoia with the excuse of problems related to social media, and and it has been a disaster from a connectivity standpoint. Fans don't get to know the players, and that's that that's that's just terrible work, mm -hmm. and and it's the reason that it felt like Stoops was just here to collect a paycheck and Rodriguez was here to collect a paycheck and it was just it was they were just placeholders mm -hmm. and, and a lot of that had to do with you know that the way that they decided they were going to handle media but let, let, let me table that for a moment do you think Arizona football and the fandom is any different than anywhere else in the west coast or the a, a transitory population that has other interests in other teams the argument has been made 
ASU football doesn't draw all that well. Mm-hmm. ASU basketball certainly doesn't draw at all. Yeah, but the Suns a... don't draw anybody until they win. Uh, UCLA doesn't really until draw they win anybody. And win. If they don't win next year, and nobody's, they don't showing win, up, no, right. nobody's showing up. So, no, but is Arizona, it really the same? Isn't yeah, it really just a, the same it, thing? It, and we're living in a bubble. It's a tad different to me, and the main reason is because Arizona football, or excuse me, Arizona is a college town. Period. That's what it is. The, basically, Tucson revolves around the U of A, and ten, or, uh, Phoenix is one of the six or seven biggest metro, or metropolitan areas in the entire country. You got a lot of different people doing a lot of different things. It would more be like I'm trying to think of a better comparison, and I know that sounds like a backhanded remark. Oh, to you. ten years ago or fifteen years ago, UNLV basketball yeah. is the comparison that comes to mind. Yeah, Before Vegas fair. got to the point, it's this weird trans transition point. Vegas is now a pro sports town. So UNLV's ability to ever be successful becomes problematic because of the Golden Knights and because of the Raiders. Uh, But there was a point 15 years ago where Vegas was still your only sports option was whatever boxing event came into the MGM or Caesars or what was happening at UNLV. And people didn't go to UNLV when UNLV Mm -hmm. wasn't winning. All right. If you were going to bet, though, and you didn't want to go to Vegas, you would probably go to betonline.ag. Um, not saying that Vegas wants anything to do with betonline.ag because let's be honest, they're scared of betonline.ag. Betonline.ag at its fullest means the collapse of Las Vegas as we know it. When you look at the MGM, when you look at some of these buildings that have been erected, they want nothing to do with betonline.ag. And I think that's a big key right there, John Schuster. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right, we're keeping this. Uh, no, you asked me, would you show up? All right, John Schuster. Oh, I'm thrilled. I'm asking. Yeah. I'm asking the wily veteran John mm-hmm. Schuster to go back in time. Man, that's to, a good question. To 19. Let's say. Let's say that you're dealing. Let's say that we're in the year 2021. But you know what? I'm taking you back to 1991, 30 years ago, when John Schuster is is in his physical prime. Is John Schuster going to Arizona football games? It's a really interesting question because you picked a good year. I don't know if you picked this year intentionally, but you picked a really good year. Uh, that was the year where Arizona was four and seven, but they was that played, when they played all the freshmen? They played all the freshmen. It's almost like I and, knew. And yes, and as that season progressed, they started to get better, and there was a little bit of excitement there because you were seeing these young kids who looked like they might be something that was potential there. And then we saw in 92, 93, and 94 that potential ultimately mm-hmm. uh, developed from one of the better strings uh, in the history of Arizona football. Mm-hmm. Uh, are we at – so can you get lightning in a bottle? Maybe that happens again. Uh I don't think I'd go to every football game. I'd probably be reluctant to go to some of the later ones if I didn't see uh, improvement. But, you know, maybe, maybe I'd take in some, some of the earlier ones right. just to see. One of, and, and, and one of the things, so I'm with, but generally speaking, philosophically, Mike, I'm with you. I have the same. There's a lot of... And by the way, I don't want to interrupt you, but I'm about to, and then I'm going to give you the floor for the next four minutes. No problem. Um, it's your I, podcast. I, you can do whatever you no, like. No, it is your podcast as well it's the community podcast it's the wildcat fan base <laughs> podcast my no I, I i hate the argument that you know what you have to show up this and that no if there's slop out on the field i don't need to show up i can sit here and watch in my 32 inch tv again probably making fun of me but you know what 
Actually, it's a little bit bigger yeah, than 32 it's, inches. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's it, a lot bigger. It, but at the end of the day, I was trying to make myself uh-huh. feel like, Yeah. But there are a lot of people out there listening with bigger TVs. That's the point. But, again, I don't have a problem if you're putting garbage out on the field not showing up. Period. I'm sorry. No, I, and, and, and that's... And that's, I've never had that problem. That's what I was about to say. You and I have a very similar philosophy there. And I think a lot of programs have been built on the concept of an arrogance of we're the program, you just automatically come out. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just how it is. What are you talking about? There's no question about this. Of course you're going to go, go to a live event. Doesn't matter if we're win or lose, winning or losing, of course you're going to come out. Because, you know, when we're winning, you're not going to be able to get a ticket, so you might as well. Obviously, what else are you going to do? You just got to go. But I agree with you. If the product isn't very good, why would you support it? You're the dummy. Mm-hmm. After a while, you're you're the one who's spending your hard-earned money watching someone deliver crap, mm-hmm. and 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 I hear what fans are saying in regards to wanting to see a product that improves. I think the point where I might separate a little bit is that fan who expects failure and shows up for three consecutive games when Arizona's got a chance to win the conference or go to the Rose Bowl, and then when Arizona loses a big game just decides in mass they're not going to show up for the next 18 months. That's that's probably where things get a little frustrating to me and mm-hmm. and it seems to be there's a lot of feast or famine, maybe a lot more famine than feast. I was say, you know, right? When it comes to it. Uh, yeah, when it comes to the way that Arizona football fans approach this, but I don't know if that's just a a Tucson thing. You know, if the same thing happens in Corvallis or the same thing happens in Pullman, it feels like they've got more consistent fan bases. Maybe that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, in other places that are also college towns, I don't know if they support their college product, at least football product, better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know that it obviously is an issue in Tucson, and it's hard to tell whether that's that classic transient nomadic West Coast thing. I came from somewhere else, or whether it's. Uh, but that's something in the post. It's just up to that's the, something in the postmodern world. I know you're a big postmodernism guy. Yes, so yes. is Bruno. So that's something that I don't think that a lot of people have an understanding of. Hey, stop doing that. Um, where I don't, I don't know. It's 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 just fascinating because as much as Tucson has stayed the same, the world is just so much different than also when Tommy was coaching here. Right. Like, like everybody thought, and this is maybe where I'm feeling a little bit old. Everybody thought like, oh, Jet Fish. He brought out the Dick Tomey windbreaker. I looked at it and I didn't even think twice about right. it. I'm like, oh, cool, okay. Yeah. Like, no, but this was a big deal. And this is, and this is also this weird thing where mm-hmm. there's a bunch of 50-somethings mm-hmm. who have lived in Tucson for 30 years and, you know, remember some of the nuances about Dick Tomey. And there's this weird outside thing, too, because every, everybody in the coaching fraternity has heard of Dick Tomey and they've heard of Desert Swarm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you know, that that is like... For whatever reason, they think that's the focal point of Arizona football, so they act like they want to recapture that again. Uh, but I don't know that a lot of Arizona fans. Do you remember the windbreaker? I mean, vaguely, but I don't, I don't remember, <laughs> remember it being like a staple of Arizona football. <laughs> like, yeah, how many other fans do too? Mm-hmm. You know, I guess if you're 50 or 60, okay, right. To some degree, if you're if you're 25, did that does that resonate at all? Right. You're still in Tucson trying to figure out, huh? Right. What what what's happening? And and to some degree, I maybe a lot of that is that you have 
some folks, I don't, I don't know, uh, some folks in the media who maybe are 55 or 60 and bring up this stuff, mm-hmm. and some of the younger folks who are on so social media wouldn't be an issue whatsoever until it was brought up by somebody else. Right. And uh, one thing that you want to keep in mind, though, when it comes to something like this, is if you're in this for the long haul, is there anything better than to have a built bar? No. And I ask you that. I mean, is there? You've, you've consumed That's a serious question, bars. and I've consumed Built Bar. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that there's anything better than having a Built Bar in your life it's at good this stuff. stage in the game. Yeah. I mean, it's good stuff. Bruno the dog is right here, and he once he heard Built Bar, mm-hmm. he got up from napping and farting and said, you know what, <laughs> I'm interested in a Built Bar. To and being alert and farting. Yes, well done, Bruno. Yes, exactly. Well done. And he's being petted right now. But Built Bar is where it's at. That, believe it or not, was not part of the read. But you know what? we <laughs> Easy to do, okay? Because I know you listen to these podcasts. You're going from point A to point B. And if you can't find, if you happen to drop by a grocery store or something like that, maybe you decide to go to the, inter, you know, and you go, oh, yeah, I remember them talking about Built Bar. Maybe you don't see it. Here's the easy way to do it, okay? Go to GNC. It's two and a half bucks. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. Find a GNC and go And if you get there. one of those boxes of them, it's probably going to be about a buck seventy-five per one. You know what? That's where you get the value. But one other thing that I do want to throw out there as well is that, so you, we've already talked about betonline.eg. We've talked about Built Bar, and we've been remiss in talking about Rock Auto. Bruno, when Bruno gets older, mm-hmm. if Bruno wants to travel, mm-hmm. and as he's looking at me right now, <laughs> Bruno's probably going to want to use rockauto.com. Because rockauto.com? Bruno's, my Bruno's Bruno a vacationer. Mm-hmm. Bruno likes going to Flagstaff. And you know what? The last thing Bruno wants is to be broken down with no way or help. On the south side of the road. You don't want to be broken down on Bloody Basin Road on I-17 and route to Flagstaff. That's, Nobody that's wants Bru- that. That's why Bruno's looking at us right now. So Bruno's saying, dude, so rockauto.com. Generally, you don't have three people endorsing a product. Well, really, you don't hear either because Bruno's a dog. Uh, but no, but you can tell by the way he's looking at us that uh-huh. it matters and he's about to nip you again. Uh-huh. So I see that. For Bruno Luke, John Schuster, I am merely Mike Luke. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats.